Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Okay, so before Jesse comes up, or actually as Jesse's coming up, tomorrow is his 30th birthday. He is turning 30, ladies and gentlemen. Not true. He's an old man. Just kidding. Um, So can we... Just for fun, seeing a quick happy birthday to him. Just honor, honor Pastor Jesse and seeing happy birthday. Okay, I guess I'll lead us, y'all. I'm not real good at singing, but here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Jesse. Happy birthday to you. Come on. Love you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Feeling the love. Be real. Honestly, guys, like how many of you guys aren't very good at celebrating yourself? Like, honestly, like I've always like had a hard time with that. So if that's you, like tell people that because it's time to be celebrated. It's a good word. Um, Hey, I want to share a couple. First off, hey, welcome, everybody. A lot of great people here. I say it every Sunday. It's my favorite day of the week. My favorite thing to hear sometimes, someone, I think someone uh, over the weekend said, you know, I used to go to church maybe one to three times a week. Um, I haven't missed a Sunday at Presence yet. And uh, to me, that's just, that's amazing that people are so hungry for God and this community is such a place of life that people wouldn't want to miss a day. So... I heard this weird statistic that people in Orange County go to church one to two times a month. That's just weird to me. Like, anyway, I just, I don't understand that. Um, I'm like, isn't Sunday like your most fun day of the week? Like, that, that, like why, would I, why would I not come to church? But, um, but I get it, I guess. I, you know, sometimes I, I didn't always go to church. Um, and you don't have to either. But then I would miss you, so... All right. Hey, so a couple of testimonies I thought was pretty rad. My wife is amazing. Um, I know all of you guys are amazing too. We were, uh, we actually, uh, we just got a house in Costa Mesa. Hallelujah. If if you were here at the beginning of the church launch, you knew that my family is living in one room in a three-bedroom house, four of us in one room. I'll say that again, four of us in one room. And our two kids are sleeping, one on the floor over here and one on the floor over here. And by the end, by by morning, one of them's in the bed, but that's... That's our fault, not hers or his. Um, anyway, so we're finally getting a, a place to live, and we've moved, I think, 10 times in the past eight years. So uh, this is going to give me trouble. A little clip is missing. Um, anyway, so we're, we're moving in. We're excited. Um, I could preach on, on, on the whole journey. Someday I might. Glory to God. Is this going to work? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I might switch to the mic. Holy Ghost. All right. So, um, okay. Anyway, so we were, we were, um, we're, we're picking out new blinds and shutters and three-day blinds person. So this amazing woman comes to our, uh, our house. And uh, my wife is uh, Jessica. She's in the, helping with the kids right now. But um, she's walking through the house. And the woman is in a lot of pain going up and down the stairs. And, uh, and I, I walk in as they're finishing up and, and my wife says, hey, I've noticed you have a lot of pain in your knees. Like, we've seen God heal a lot of people. Can we pray for you? And she goes, oh, well, yeah, sure. Go for it. And so, um, and so, we, uh, so she just prayed right there real quick. She's like, well, should I pray too? And I said, well, no, because you, 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 can't, you can't talk and drink a glass of water at the same time. Right, Chris? <laughs> I got that from Chris. So people, you're not allowed to pray if you're being prayed for. And, and so we just prayed for her, and, she, and we're like, well, try it out. She's like, oh, okay. And, and she completely healed. She's like, this is new. I can't do this. And it was fabulous. And then she says, she goes, well, what else will you, do, will you pray for? Like, I've got this circulation thing. And she starts, like, la- naming off all the things. And she's like, how do you guys do this? Is it like, uh, what was, anyway, it was wonderful. <laughs> anyway, she actually, like, really wants to come to our church now. So yay, God. You know, evangelism is easy when you actually get to experience God. So you don't have to convince anybody of anything. 
when you just introduce him to, the, to, to God, introduce him to the healer, introduce him to the, uh, uh, the, the giver of life. Um, yeah, another quick testimony. The beginning of our service, we do this prayer thing out front. We just pray for the service, kind of uh, pray for each other sometimes. And we ask, usually ask the question, what do you want to see today? And I, and I just said, you know, I felt like people were going to walk. <laughs> this isn't working. All right, yay, God. All right, um, <laughs> I felt like people were going to walk through the front door. Now, mind you, I just saw this in my mind, and I felt this, this must be God. <laughs> and, um, and so I felt people were going to walk through the front door, and it was going to be like walking through a screen door that they were, they were going to go through, but all the fuzziness, the depression, the, anything that was holding God back in their life was going to get blocked at the door. It was going to get filtered out. And I had a friend of mine come forward um, during the message, and he says, Jesse, and he, he obviously didn't hear that. He says, you're never going to believe this. I walked in and it was the weirdest thing. Like all of a sudden, as I walked through the front door, I just felt this rush of emotion and I just wanted to cry. I just want, I was just, I just felt the God, presence of God so much. Come on, that's amazing. Like that's happening. Like I, I hear that story actually multiple times. I share that only to encourage you guys, like what we're building, the fact that you're in this room and letting God out, that you're, that you're here and you're being you, you're being the, 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 the most authentic, loving Jesus lover is creating an atmosphere that that happens. Amen. All right, well, hey, I want, um, I'm gonna, we're gonna jump into some good stuff here. Uh, last week, last week we talked about John 6 and we're still going through the book of John for for a few more weeks, I believe. And we talked about the, uh, when Jesus multiplies food for the 5,000. And um, one of the points that we really nailed on, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna expound on that today, so I wanna rehash that for a minute. We talked actually less about Jesus and his disciples and more about this young boy that had the audacity in the midst of all these adults, right? And you know, the culture back then didn't have as high value for kids as we might. But this young boy basically went up to the disciples, the missionaries of the day, right? And Jesus, this supreme leader that everybody's following all around the countryside in groups of 5,000 or more, had the audacity to walk up to this little group of, 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 of elite leaders here and say, I've got some bread and I've got some fish for you. And Jesus, and so the whole story revolves around the fact that this little bit of food, this little boy thought that he was so abundant that he was going to feed this group and then the 5,000. I don't know what he really thought he was doing, but he, for some reason, something in him led him to believe that I'm so abundant that I've got something to give. He didn't sit in the crowd and say, well, there's a bunch of really spiritual people here. I'll just sit and receive. He actually got out of his seat walked up to this group of people that probably was a little scary because he doesn't know. And he boldly said, I've got something to give. Can I give it to you guys? And, G and Jesus looked at it and said, well, that's enough, right? He says, that's enough. And they multiplied and the story is, is, is in, it's, it's written down. This little boy who probably wasn't that significant made history, didn't he? So we're going to, I felt, I felt just so much God on, on this feeling of generosity that we were going after that I wanted to kind of move into this feeling of a, what does abundance look like? And this is a huge topic. I, I love this topic because I feel like abundant life is what Jesus brought and, and, and gave us, right? I came that you would have life and life. He brought life and life. He brought life and life. Come on. <laughs> that was for effect. <laughs> so you got to get this in you. You're like, you, you, this, this can't be just a sermon every Sunday. Be looking for the things that are going to transform your life. It may not all transform your life, but be looking for the one thing that does. Okay? So, so we're going to talk about what, what does abundance look like. Now, I want to, I, I, I thought this, of this idea, and I want to, I want to, I want, to, I want to suggest this idea to us as we start here. I want to challenge you, get your phone out, get your notebook out, whatever you do. If you don't take notes, I don't take notes that much, but I have a phone with me all the time. And so get your phone out. 
have it out. And, and, and I want you to, I want to challenge you guys today. And I, we don't have to do this every Sunday, of course, but I just thought today there's something on this. I want to challenge you to write down one or two points that grabbed a hold of your heart. Because we're about to do some really good heart work. We're about to get transformed life. We're about to have abundant life delivered to us on a platter. And I don't want you guys to miss it. Okay, so I want you to write down something. I don't know if it's, I put it in your reminders. Don't put it in your notes because you may never look at that. Wherever you seem to look, if it's your reminders, put it in a reminder, wherever you're gonna look. I don't know, this is, this is practical life coaching happening right now. <laughs> Listen, if Sunday is just another day of the week where you go and get a good feeling in you, that's okay, but I'd rather get my life transformed every chance I can. Um, and so this is just practical things. Just let's be doers of the word, not just hearers right? Let's walk this stuff out and actually let's be different next week. So I want you to grab a hold of one or two things or grab hold of a lot, but I just, you know, just, just focus on one thing that grabs you. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to share it with you. Okay. So we're talking about generosity and, and abundance and this thing called the spirit of poverty. Now, I'd rather talk about the spirit of abundance because what we look at is where we're going to go. So I don't want to go too much down the road of poverty because that's boring. But I want to start talking about the spirit of abundance. Okay, now the antithesis of the spirit of abundance is the spirit of poverty. And I'm going to talk about what, how do we know and actually have a neat PowerPoint up there in a second. Hallelujah, we're getting upgrades all over the place. Um, so the root, the root of abundance, how do you know if you're abundant? Right? There's some definite practical things that happen in our lives, and we're going to talk about that. I want to, I want to get practical. But before we start talking about, like, uh, well, do I give enough? Do I not give enough? Am I, uh, um, do, I, uh, do I look at the sale rack all the time, or, or do I love paying full price? Before we get into some of the, some of the, 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 uh, the outcomes or the, uh, the symptoms, I want to get to the heart of what is abundance. Okay? Now, abundance happens here first. Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, guard your heart, for out of it, all the issues of life flow. So if you want to, if we're talking about how to become more abundant, we can't just talk about, well, you need to do the X, Y, and Z throughout your day. We actually have to examine our hearts. We have to think a little bit in, that, in terms of, let's fix the inside so the outside gets fixed. Jesus actually rebuked the, uh, the, the Pharisees that says, listen, you, you honor me with your tithes and offerings but your hearts are far from me. So let's, let's take a second and let's just, let's pull this thing open a little bit. Because some of us don't oftentimes think about our hearts and what it's doing. I love third, 3 John verse two. It says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. I'll read it again. I pray that in all respects you may prosper. Say prosper. prosper. And be in good health. It's interesting that your soul prospering and your health are linked. That's just what the Bible says. Just as your soul prospers. Come on. You want to walk in better health? Let's get your soul prospering. Let's get your heart. Let's get your spirit. Let's get the inside stuff prospering right? If your outside isn't prospering, if you, if you attract chaos, if you attract um, uh, uh, disunity, if you attract things in your life, figure out what's going on in here first, because just as your soul prospers, so everything else around you is going to prosper. So how do we get our heart to be more abundant? Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit as we get, as we get some of this practical stuff, but honestly, how do you get your heart to be more abundant? You get the abundant one in you. Listen, I wish it was more complicated because then I could feel more accomplished. <laughs> I could feel smarter that I learned something really powerful, but it's, it's the gospel, guys. It's the gospel. Jesus died on the cross, not to, not to show you that you're a sinner, but to reveal your value. I know we say that a lot in this church, but we just can't get past the, the one thing that Jesus decided was the answer, Right? And so the one answer to be living an abundant life this holiday season, and maybe the rest of your life if you want, is to get the gospel in you. 
is to get the abundant one in you. How do I do that, Jesse? That's just so out there. Like I need, I need more detail, structure. Some of us need that. Hey, spend some time with the abundant one. I want to, I want to, I want to get, you know, it's funny when you hang out with people long enough, you start taking on their mannerisms, don't you? I start actually doing things my friends do. I say things the way my friends say them. So you hang out with the abundant one long enough. You start to act like him. You start to think like him. Oh, what do you mean hang out with him, Jesse? I mean, I mean, just hang out with him. You mean my quiet time? Sure. You mean my driving to work? Yep. You mean when I leave and when I come? Yeah. You mean just follow Jesus everywhere I go? Yeah, that too. See, your time that you spend with the abundant one is going to transform your heart. It's not the inner healing that will transform your heart. I love inner healing. It's powerful. I love external healing. It's powerful. But you can get your arm healed and your heart never gets touched. Now, I, I believe God heals our arms and legs and, our, and things like that to actually get to our hearts sometimes because sometimes we need a wake-up call. But I'm telling you guys, God is, is after your heart first and foremost. So the simplicity of this is, is, is spend time with him, talk to him. Everything we do in our church, everything we do on a Sunday morning is about transforming the whole person, okay? So with that, I wanna, I wanna dive into some things. And I think we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit about each one, so I wanna leave enough time. Um, Yeah. Okay, we're going to start with this. So, uh, Danny, you want to put the first slide of there? Perfect. Ways to recognize abundance and poverty in your life. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to hit on 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 the 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 negative, and then we're going to we're going to bring out the positive. You guys ready? All right, come on. You've never seen me do a PowerPoint before. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Number one. Let's see. You get anxious when you get anxious when something costs you more than you thought. We're, we're gonna honestly, we're gonna get really real here, right? Like, I hope this pokes at things in your heart and in your life. I hope you like. You hope you're like, oh, that's me. I hope we can do that and we can laugh at ourselves because the reality is, I'm working on it. You're working on it. But shoot, if we don't look at this stuff and call it what it is. Like, we'll never actually move into abundant life. Come on, Jesus is good. All right. All right, so you, get, so you get anxious when something costs you more than you thought, and you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. What's the, what's the other side of this? Your first thought, there's always enough. Listen, that should, be, it should just ring in your head. I learned this from a woman named Heidi Baker where she multiplies food in Mozambique with the poorest of the poor. And they said, well, we got all these people coming. We didn't expect that. And she'll say, there's always enough. Let's repeat after me. This is really good. There's always enough. There's always enough. Come on. It's going to feel good when you say that. It's going to feel good because the, the lie that the enemy tries to tell us in these moments when we freak out and we freak out. What do you mean blinds cost that much? <laughs> well, I'm just thankful, Father, that there's always enough. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to read the scripture because I had it down. It's a good spot. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you shall give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly under compulsion, for God is a cheerful giver. You know, I like to be a cheerful giver, but he's the original cheerful giver. Come on, that's a good word. And God is able, say able. It's not just able that he could if he wanted to. That word is actually capable and powerful too. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Everybody just say, wow. <laughs> That's a good scripture. 
All right, all right. So number two, what does it say? You consistently worry about the costs of things. Yep, that's a good one. How do you know if you've got this, uh, this, uh, this, this, this spirit of poverty that, that's speaking to you louder than the spirit of abundance? You're always worried about the cost of things. All right, what's the other side of this? If God has called me to this lifestyle, location or profession, then I know that he will provide for me. Listen, we live in Orange County. Let's get over that. Let's get over it, guys. If God called you here, if you are supposed to be in this city, in this region, it didn't just occur to God. That stuff's a little more expensive. Man, I, I, I think we should move. Let's, let's move to, uh, I don't know, Texas. I mean, I watched Fixer Upper and they're doing houses for like 70 grand. Like, <laughs> Listen, that's the way the world thinks. There's a way that seems right to a man, right? But the way God thinks, the way God thinks about you, listen, he puts you here. He knows how to provide. He knows what you need. Now, if he doesn't call you to Orange County, don't be here. <laughs> if he's not calling you to a profession, will you make this amount change professions? But don't get, don't get poverty thinking. Get abundant thinking. Listen, if, if, if you're not in the right place, fix that. Get along with the abundant guy and find out where you're supposed to be. But if you're supposed to be here, thank him. I thank you, Father, you've put me right here, that you are the God that provides for me. Anywhere you put me, you provide. If God sends you, he provides for you. If you're called to go to Israel on a missions trip, he'll provide for you. All right, it's a good word. All right, number three, you look at giving and tithing as something that isn't very fun. Ha, 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 ha. It may not be anybody here. Do you know, I'm going to brag on us a little bit. We have almost half of our church giving and tithing every week. I'd say over half because I can't track, we can't track the, the cash side. Over half. You guys are incredible. Like, I think there's a statistic like 10% of the church actually gives. You guys blow that away. That's incredible. You know what that tells me? You guys are really abundant. That you guys are already walking this out. Come on, I just want to encourage you guys. We're doing it. We're doing it. And that's, that's just, I love that. So what's the answer to this? Number three. Um, this is an area to impact, to make impact in the world and in your own finances. This is the belief that's going to counter this thing of like, oh, I don't want to give. There's a lot to give. I didn't give last week, so I should probably give more. Whatever. I'm actually telling you what I used to think. <laughs> this is a chance to, to, to prove to that lie that I am who God says I am. That he's called me here and I'm called to be a blessing and not a drain. I am actually called to fuel the kingdom and not drain it as if you could, but that's all right. Okay, uh, number four. Number four, you think that you have to take care of yourself before you take care of others. So the root of this is that, that I have to provide for myself. That, that the rent is on me. That, the, that, that everything rests on my shoulders. That I'm the provider of my own family. Listen, there's this weight that you can get under this burden that thinks that you're the provider. And so if you're the provider, then you're also the, 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 the sweaty grip on all of your abundance. Because I got to save enough for me before I know. Jesus is your provider. You know, it's easy to say that. But to live under that weightlessness, to live under that reality that God is my provider, I shall not want. I shall not want. So what are we freed up to do? We're freed up to just give, to be that pipe. I talked about last week that we're not called to be buckets that God flows provision into. 
And that bucket just gets heavier and heavier. And we're like, look at all this dough I got. Look at all this provision I got. No, he calls us to be a pipe that he can throw provision into because he trusts that it won't, it won't just pool and hang out in our, in our little coffers or our bank accounts, that it will literally flow through us. And the goal isn't now to become just a pipe, but to become the biggest pipe we can. That he can trust us to throw large amounts of money into so that we can just give large amounts away. Come on. Hey, if you're like, I don't have any time in my day. Hey, listen, that's provision. Time is is a commodity. If you want more time in your day, give it away. Listen, whatever you want more of, you've got to align yourself with the kingdom. And the kingdom doesn't look look like a lake that God just pours water into so it goes nowhere. The kingdom looks like a river where God is is happy to increase the flow if he knows it's going to go somewhere. Come on, I'm preaching right now. This is good. <laughs> Come on, I'm, I'm going to get saved up here. This is Jesus. All right. Holy Ghost. All right, I think that was really good. We really got to get through these. All right, number five. Uh, number five. These are going to get better. You will only make purchases if they're on the discount or especially uh, if they aren't essentials. <laughs> Listen, how, how many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you guys look at sale racks as your savior? How many, guys, how many of you guys walk into a store and the first thing you think about is what's on sale? Sometimes, I'm, I'm getting better. When my wife met me, I only shopped at uh, discount places. And, and um, the funny thing is I had the money to, to shop at anywhere I wanted, but I didn't because I had this thing in me that said, I have to save money. I had this thing in me that said, uh, what if people see that I'm wearing nice things? Or what if, what if I walk around with a nice pair of shoes that uh, maybe cost me more than it should? And I was extra holy because I was in a prayer movement and, and uh, I was praying a lot. So I, I, I really couldn't be free. That's actually a lie. That's not true at all. But listen, listen, guys, if, if it's wisdom to save money, I get that. It's wisdom to budget, to know where your money goes, to know where your time is going. But you know, and I, you and I both know that it's not a healthy thing when, when we believe that we're not worth full price. Because I know someone that didn't get you on the discount rack. Wow. Come on. And we wouldn't say that, right? We would never say like, yeah, Jesus purchased me on the back aisle where it said clearance. That sounds ridiculous. And yet, our heart condition comes out in what we do. Hey, I'm calling us out. Because someone needs to. I call myself out. Like, my wife called Jessica. She calls me out. Listen, I'm going to tell a quick story, and I don't want you to judge me. We were, we, I, was, I had a new job and I, was, I, was, I, was, I needed to get new clothes because I just didn't have professional looking clothes. I, I just got out of ministry school and you don't need that there, of course. And, and um, I just laugh at that. And so, uh, and so I, had, I had to go buy new clothes. So I was buying new clothes and I had to get a pair of shoes. And my buddy says, if you want the best, these are them and these are the next and these are the next. I said, well, I kind of want the best shoes. I, just, I like shoes. I had, when we got married, I had three times more shoes than my wife did. Don't judge me. I said that. Um, and so, uh, so we went to this place called Allen Edmonds. Have you guys ever heard of Allen Edmonds shoes? They're really nice shoes. And um, I'm going to give you the dollar value just so you can, just, you can be in my life. Don't judge me. Don't assume anything about me. Just these shoes are $400. And I'm going to share this story. I don't know if most pastors would. I, I, you know, I, I think on Sundays I'm a pastor, so I'll share it anyway. But... There was the black ones and the brown ones. 
right? And I'm like, well, which one am I use more? And which one's more versatile, right? I'm trying to save money. Do you hear it? Do you hear it come out? It's small, but it's coming out, right? And this thinking, this poverty-minded thinking is, I want to be more efficient. I want to save money. Because why? Because I'm in lack. This is what it is, guys. Come on, you know I'm, you know I'm right. We walked out, and so I said, honey, which one? She goes, I think we should get both. I'm like, yeah. It's like, like, she wasn't earning money. She was doing a great, incredible job as a mom. I, this is like, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? There was something in me. There was something in me that said, this is right. You need this. Sometimes all you need is a really good prophetic word. Other times you need to break this thing off your life with a vengeance and buy two pairs of shoes like that. I'm going to challenge you guys. If that's you, go for it. Well, do it with God. Do it with God. Don't come to me saying I'm in debt now because I bought two cars when I only needed one. Um, but I just wanted to prove to myself that I'm abundant. Anyway, a couple days later, I was really convicted. God, like, did I do the right thing? I'm, I'm not really making that much money right now. So I was, I'm kind of ahead of the game. And, and, uh, <laughs> and as I'm driving, I have this thought and I look up. And, 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 I, and I felt, as I'm driving, God says, Jesse, it says, you're a king and kings wear good shoes. Now, don't turn this into a principle that you have to have nice shoes. Don't do that, right? That's not what it's about. But God was speaking to me that I'm a king and you're a queen and you're a king because he's the king of kings. And so if he calls us to act like royalty, we've got to follow his, his, we got to follow his, his lead. And so he says, Jesse, you're a king and this is what kings wear and that's it. And as, we, as I drove, I looked up and I literally, I'm, I'm not kidding you, I passed under King Street. Anyway, that was all I needed. I said, okay, God, that settles it. I'll be okay. I'll actually have joy over this. I won't stress about it because I need an upgrade in here. Come on. All right, all right. I think we nailed that one. Next one. Number six. It's hard to love wealthy people. Hey, you could say it's hard to love poor people. It doesn't matter. The thing is, this seems to be the bigger one. I used to have this thing where I was like, what would Jesus drive? Because I was, my, my, my good friend of mine had a BMW. And I said, what would, would Jesus really drive a BMW? Listen, I'm not going to go too long on this one because it's really silly. Here's the reality. I thought Jesus would drive a donkey. All right. It's just not practical though. You know, hey, listen. What's the other side of this? We see, <laughs> I can't even read that. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, too, I'm too close to it. We see and treat wealthy people just like anyone made in the image of God. Feel free to honor them for the gifts they've been given to build wealth anyway. Listen, Jesus didn't walk around seeing people as wealthy and poor, neither should we. Jesus doesn't look at people and see the, the, the pocketbook size. He, he looks at their heart. He looks, he, I don't know how he does this, but we're learning, right? He looks into their eyes and he sees himself. God never describes his son Jesus on the earth as being wealthy or poor. He just says Jesus walked around doing these things. And Jesus actually had a huge heart for the poor. And there's plenty of scriptures about that. However, if we make this about like treating people differently, because Jesus said, I'm no respecter of people. Listen, poor or rich, it doesn't matter. They have the value. They bought, they, they cost the same on the cross, right? They cost the same. And so if, you're, if, you, if, you're, if you know this is you, and it's, it's a lot of us probably because some of us get really offended by money. It's, it's a great thing to talk about because it's just time to get the upgrade. And so when we look at people in wealth, I want, you to, I want to challenge you. Look at them and say, Jesus, how do you see them? And don't look at them like I used to and say, well, they have a lot of problems too. As if you're cutting them down to your size or something. I'm just being real with you. I used to do that. Listen, that's the way we, we see people differently sometimes. We're like, well, they must have problems too. Like they're not perfect either. That is not what God looks like people like. 
He doesn't look and says, well, you, you all have problems, so you're all equal. No, he looks at you and says, you all have value. So don't look at people differently to make yourself feel better because you have this poverty thing in you that's getting poked when you walk around Orange County. This is an invitation, guys. I know this may not be fun for some of us. It's a lot of fun for me, though, because I, I want this out of me. I really want, I want every piece of poverty out of me because it's holding me back from my calling. And some of you guys have callings far bigger than you think it is. And when I say some of you, I really mean all of you. You just don't see it yet. And you don't see it because you're still thinking like a poor person. Not a poor in money, because money has nothing to do with this whole thing. You're still looking at yourself like you have nothing to give. And yet this little boy in the crowd looked at himself differently. Come on, okay. Your lack of wealth does not indicate how well you're doing. Listen, if you have nothing, it doesn't mean you're not doing well. If you have a lot, it doesn't mean you're doing well. It's in here that shows you whether you're doing well or not. It's good. Okay, next one. All right, you are always hoping someone will pay for you or buy you things. Come on, that was kind of quiet, but that's all right. Um, I don't expect us to, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So here's the deal behind this one. Like, listen, if you're always hoping someone's gonna buy you lunch, if you're always hoping someone's gonna give you a, a gift or someone's gonna provide for you, if you're always hoping you're gonna, Listen, that's someone that walks around thinking, I don't have enough. And there's a really great thing of receiving a blessing. Listen, don't be that person that's so prideful they can't receive a blessing from a father, from a mother, from a friend. Just accept it. Wow, thank you. I feel loved. I feel honored that you want to get me lunch. So what's the opposite of this? You are blessed to be a blessing to others. I want to challenge you. Remember I told you, I think it was last week, the challenge to you in this season, I'll say it again, have a number in mind this holiday season that you want to give. Have it in your mind that I want to give five cups of coffee away. I want to pay for somebody's groceries at least once. I want to buy people lunch every time I'm with them in the month of December. Challenge your heart. Not your, this isn't challenging your pocketbook. This is your heart we're talking about. Listen, We've got to kill this thing. And the way you kill it is you actually believe it. John 6, it actually says, they came and says, Jesus, what must we do to do the works God requires? And you know what his answer was? He says, believe in the one he sent. He just said, believe. So believe that you're abundant and you'll operate in that way. Okay, next one, number eight. Hold on a second, Let's, let me back up. I want to say this one thing. Your level of giving to others will indicate whether you are in your belief of your abundant nature. The level that you give, doesn't have to be money, okay? You can literally find someone around the house that you know somebody would love. But the level that you are a giver, that level that you're actually practically walking out your faith, doers, not talkers, it will, it, will, it will reveal what your heart is doing. It's good. Number eight, you get more excited about receiving than giving. When is the last time you got excited about um, creating a giving testimony? I had a friend of mine. She was part of a really great ministry organization, a really powerful one. And, uh, and she made this comment. She says, Jesse, every time we get in a staff meeting, all I hear is testimonies about people getting. And she says, it just concerns me a little bit. I'm going to unpack that a little bit. Because I don't want to hit this the wrong way, but there's something in there that we need to grab as Christians if we only get excited about receiving, there's an imbalance. Did you get it? We share a lot of, I'll be real. 
it's a really cool testimony when, when someone gives someone a car. Wow, I, I, somebody gave me a car. Somebody did this. Somebody, somebody blessed me with this. Hallelujah. I had nothing. And then they rocked me. We had someone in our home group that radically needed provision. They might lose their, um, their, their house, all this stuff. We raised $3,500 in two days with 40 people. Wow. And that was an awesome testimony for that person that got that abundance. I want to tell you, actually, that, that the rest of the story is like within, within, within a week or two, that person started getting deals. It was awesome. So there is that really rad reality. But let's make testimonies of giving. Let's create stories where we give. Let's, let, let's have those kind of stories. Let's, 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 let's shout those stories of how dang abundant we are. Listen, I used to have a car ministry. I gave away cars. They were great cars. They were used, but we gave away cars. There's so much life in giving. I remember those testimonies so much more than I do when I was given something. Well, Jesse, what about not letting your left hand know what your right hand's doing and, and what you do in secret will be blessed by God in public? That's a really good point. It's really good, too, that, that there is a level that we want to honor. We, we, there's, there's a level that what we do in secret matters so much to heaven. Right? The testimonies that you don't tell people are sometimes the most powerful ones because it's just, a, it's just an, it's like a secret between you and God. We did that, didn't we, God? Yeah, yay. They didn't see it coming, but they got a new house. or they, I, I paid for their rent this month, and nobody has to know but you and me, God because I'm not in this for the, for the accolades. I'm not in this for the attaboys. So let's, I want, I want to hold that holy. But this is real, right? There's a, there's a weird thing that happens in the church. I've seen it for years where we get more excited about that. Can, we, can I just tip that a little bit to the other side to say, let's go after those testimonies. I gave somebody groceries. I gave somebody my time. Come on, you can give stuff away to people and it doesn't, it doesn't affect your value, by the way. Come on, you can give people your time, you can give people your gifts, and it doesn't say that you're not worth anything. That's, that's a much longer message, but that's okay. Um, does that make sense, guys? We get caught up sometimes like, well, I have to charge something so they know it's valuable. Who says? Who dictates your value? That person or what you know to be true here. All right. This one unpacked a little bit. All right, next one. You feel like there will never be enough, never enough time, enough money, or enough of God's blessings. There's just not enough. I, I'm, I, I, there's just not enough, not enough time in the day. There's not enough money to, to get what I really want. All these things. What's the other side of that? I focus, focus on the God of more than enough and you will always see his abundance. This is beyond a positivity thing, guys. This is beyond just being a, a positive person because that comes easy to me. But this is really about, about your belief and about what you focus on, okay? Listen, the world gets this. You listen to the, the, the motivational speakers. This is what they're preaching. They're preaching on what you focus on will increase, if you focus on that God, on the truth that God is more than enough, that's what you're going to see. Okay, next one. I think the last one. You believe that others are more anointed and more powerful than you are. This is kind of hitting on that thing. It's less about money, right? But it's about my abundant insight. It's about what I have to give. It's what, what's in me. And it's easy sometimes, especially when you get around really powerful people, to not feel very powerful inside, to feel like you don't have much to give. I don't have any prayers to give. I don't have any, any encouraging words. Why? Because they're so, they're so anointed. Well, I just fill a seat here. I'm just on a Sunday. Like, it's not what I do for a living. Hey, this is what you do for a living, guys. You're a Jesus person for a living. You're anointed for a living. Your job description is bringing heaven to earth. 
Listen, you might do something for a career, but your job is to bring heaven to earth. And you can't do that if you don't believe you're abundant. It's all connected. You see how it's kind of weaves together? This is, this is God. He doesn't look at it as like money, a time, this, that. He looks at you and says, are you abundant? Listen, I came so that you would have life and life abundant. I didn't come so that you could question what was good and bad. I didn't come so you could question what was, uh, what's, what's, what's worth something and what's not worth something. I didn't come so that you would question me and yourself. I came that you would know that I am in you. I came that you would know what are the riches in Christ, in you. So let's get rich. Don't misquote me. I am a prosperity, um, I, I believe in the prosper, prosperity gospel. I do. I'm a prosperity gospel preacher. Every day of the week, 24-7, I'll preach the prosperous gospel every single time. Because I, I don't like the, the, the poverty gospel. <laughs> the poverty gospel has done nothing for me. That's not true. That is not true at all. It actually is the root of a lot of frustration in my life. I say that again, the, the, the gospel of poverty, the poverty-driven gospel is the root of a lot of our frustrations. <laughs> Can you feel that just like get in you? Can you feel just the truth of that? Just, just knock it out of the park. Listen, guys, there's no other gospel. It's it's the prosperity gospel. Jesus is either in you to prosper or something that is in you to bring poverty. Listen, poverty is not a gift of the Spirit. It's not in the Bible. That feels like something Chris would say. I love that. <laughs> Come on, guys kind of fun to make this all really real and hit home, isn't it? Like, I love that. This is good. This is, this is the holiday season. <laughs> Listen, this, this just feels really timely, guys. It feels really timely. It feels like this season stirs this stuff up. What your family needs this holiday season is you to be abundant. The relationships in your life need you to be abundant. The person sitting next to you needs you to be abundant. Everybody say this, I am abundant. I have the abundant God blowing up inside me. That's truth. I am wealthy. I am rich. I am full. The world needs what I have. Come on. Yeah. All right. Phew. Here's what I want to do to close out because we're doing good on time here. I just want to I want us to grab a group of two or three people around us, okay? I love this time. Every time we do this, I just hear such good things. This is family, right? Yeah. If you guys just came to fill a seat, I'd be bored. So I want to give you guys a chance to, uh, to, set, to split up into, into groups of three or four, or whatever your heart desires, I guess. And I want, I want, I want to challenge you guys. I want you to, I want you to tell that person Tell people in your group one thing that you're going to do differently. One thing that you grabbed a hold of that you know I'm going to stop doing or I'm going to start doing. Okay? I don't care if you remember 90% of this message, but if you remember this one thing that you're going to do, victory. Okay? 
And I want you to, and, and, and listen, I, I don't want you to start giving them advice. Okay? Listen, I know you got good advice in you because you're abundant. Clearly. <laughs> I want you to hold that back though because now is just not the best time to do that. Okay? If, if they say, hey, could you guys give me some pointers on how I can do this? That's beautiful. But sometimes we want to withhold our advice because people actually just want to share and let you into their life without asking you to dive in all the way. Does that make sense? Cool, but it's good, it's good to share our lives with each other. All right, so I want, I want you to do that. And then, hey, when you're done with that, groups of two or three, if you have time, I want, I want to challenge you, just pray for each other. Hey, what do you need prayer for? If you get a word, you feel like God's speaking something over them, go ahead and share it. We're gonna do a class right afterwards called Hearing God's Voice for You. It's like the prophetic class and it's really good. Come over it when you're done and, 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 I'll, and I'll, I'll, if you haven't been trained, if you don't know how to do this stuff, come over. It's really easy and it's fun. Um, so we're gonna do that, okay? And I wanna end with you guys being abundant to each other. Is that good? Come on, because you gotta realize you're gonna change people's lives. Come on, all right. Whew, all right, um, why don't you everybody stand up? Everybody stand up. I'll get you halfway there. <laughs> and then I'll pray and, and I'll just, yeah. Everybody just put your hands up. Just hold your hands up. Like we're getting ready to be fully open to something that's about to happen. Father, I thank you for the truth. I thank you for the abundant prosperity gospel that lives in every single person here. It's bigger than you think. It's more abundant than you thought. You are more wealthy inside than you could ever believe. And out of that, and out of your heart will flow living waters because you are not a, you are not a lake. You're not a bucket. You're a pipe. You're a river. And out of you flows living waters. You. Yeah. Come on, if you receive that, just say, I believe it. I'll never be the same. Come on, let's give God a shout and give him a clap. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church. 